exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God, this is the Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Milanowski. Today, Cynthia Polk joins us on Cumberland Road. Cynthia is an elder at the First Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Lubbock, Texas. She has spent her professional career in elementary music as a school teacher and administration. One of the things that Cynthia has shared is she has a passion for education, and now her passion is for Jesus. Cynthia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much, TJ. Thanks for asking me to do this. It's an honor to be with you today. I want to begin by asking you, can you recall your earliest experience with God? You know, I don't know that I can say I recall that early experience. I was raised in the church. I was raised in Presbyterian churches, not Cumberland, but Presbyterian churches. Um, My dad worked for an oil company, so we moved quite a bit. So I have lots of church experiences, lots of different church experiences over a variety of areas. But I think that was probably my first exposure um, to um, Christ religion um, was in the church. You know, I very involved in the church as a youngster, um, went to a private church school. I'm old enough to remember the time when kindergarten was not mandatory. So I was lucky. Yeah, I know that that puts me in a certain age range. But um, I went to a private kindergarten. So that was also a, um, a religious experience, too, which I appreciate that. Um, over the years, but I think going through catechism, went through catechism classes uh, when I before I joined the church, and I joined the church in middle school, uh, junior high back then. But so I think youth group and just the experiences I had in church that was my early beginnings. Mm. You know, that was where I really learned, I think, about uh, God and about Christ. I didn't um, continue that through my adult life. You know, I went, I was involved in the church all the way through college but then drifted away from that. Um, And I look back at that as work became a lot more important to me. And there just wasn't enough time in my mind, you know, to continue with church. What has, what brought you back? Now, granted, a relationship with Christ and a relationship with the church is different, but what, Mm -hmm. what uh, brought you back to the faith, so to speak? Okay. Well, I've always been a believer and I'm grateful for that you know, but I wasn't walking with Christ. And I think that makes a big difference. What brought me back was a serious work situation. Um, work had been my passion. Like, like you were saying, you know, I had a passion for education. I absolutely adored teaching. Um, who could not love teaching elementary music? You know, you sing and you dance all day. <laughs> and, the, and the skills that you teach, I mean, it, to me, it was just, it was amazing. I absolutely love teaching. I moved into administration. Uh, when it got a little bit too hard to, you know, get up and down off the floor with the kids, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't dance anymore eight hours a day. And I thought, well, I don't want to do this halfway. You know, I want to make sure that whoever's teaching this uh, can do it adequately physically. So I moved into administration, which I also really enjoyed. I enjoyed doing that. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about that was a real meteoric rise for me. You know, um, I thought, music therapy was going to be my next path. And that door didn't open. So my husband, Joe had always said, you know, you really need to look into administration because I think you'd be a great administrator. So in two weeks I was back in school and in 18 months 
I was an assistant principal. Wow. And during the six month period, I went from an administrator, uh, an, an assistant at the campus where I had taught to an administrator for an, uh, an assistant for a new campus that was going to open. When that principal stayed at his current campus, I became the principal of that new campus. Mm. So within a six month period, I was thrown into this um, really tough job of opening a new campus. So I thought, you know, everything went great for a couple, you know, about three years. And then I had a real serious health issue, uh, probably bought, brought upon really by stress. You know, I think a lot of that was stress. That's a stressful job. Mm. So anybody that's in school leadership will say that's a stressful job. So I had um, an issue with some teachers that came up after three years. Um, they didn't like some of the things that I, you know, I was trying to do. And so um, they filed a complaint and that caused me to be reassigned. And so that reassignment was devastating for me. You know, for some people, uh, you look at it and think, well, you know, it's just a job. I mean, it was just, it was more than that to me. So when it's your passion and when you're living that passion and it comes to a crashing halt, that, that brings you to your knees in a hurry. Hmm. And that's what happened to me. So I think that uh, experience of, oh my gosh, I don't have this anymore. This is not me anymore. My identity is changing. And that was huge. And so that experience brought me back to Christ and brought me back in a huge way. I'm pretty stubborn and I, uh, I'm more than pretty stubborn. I'm probably very stubborn. So I think for God to bring me back, it had to be a huge scenario. And that's what happened. You know, it was enough to really bring me to my knees. And when you're in that situation, you know, you hopefully you look up and hopefully you come back to Christ. And I'm so, so grateful for that because that's what happened to me. And I think when you can look at that fork in the road and say, you know what, we all have those. And I probably had them my whole life. I'm sure I did, but I never made that choice. Hmm. And so when he brought me to that situation, oh my goodness, that's the best thing that ever happened because it brought me back to a walk of faith with him. Cynthia, was this a lightning bolt experience or was this more of a gradual um, growing closer to God? The initial part was a lightning bolt. You know, it was so devastating to me and it, it caused me to really examine myself and to examine uh, what God wanted for me. But I remember the, that happened in June. And so the summer, I had the summer, uh, you know, I worked 12 months. So that's my contract, but I had some time because I was being reassigned. So I had some time to think about and to, um, read and to look at what was next for me. And I think that period of time when God was transforming me, um, I had a chance to really dig deeper than I would have normally. And then after, you know, I, the hurt that I went through was, was really hard. And so it took several weeks of, you know, me trying, reaching out, reaching out, reading, you know, as I say, in, or I told you in my um, biography that I sent, I had a Jesus calling that had been a really great table decoration for years, <laughs> and, but I hadn't read it. And so that was the first thing I pulled out, you know, those nights that I was awake thinking, why did this happen to me? 
you know, what happened? Um, I read that. And then I pulled out my Bible and I started reading that. And after about, I want to say maybe that happened in June. So maybe August, boy, the difference in my heart was amazing. I had allowed the Holy Spirit to come in Hmm. and it made a huge difference for me. And I think that um, just that period of healing, and of course that it wasn't over for me as far as the hurt and the healing, you know, that went on for another quite a long time. But that part of it, to get to that point where I had let the Holy Spirit in my heart made things so much better for me. What was it about the workings of the Holy Spirit that helped you let go of some of the pain and some of the hurt? Well, the joy, you know, that's what I tell people all the time, too. If you just knew, if you just knew letting Jesus into your heart was going to make such a difference, you would all be doing it. You would all jump on this. You would be so excited about walking with Jesus. Not everybody gets to that point or sees it that way, but that's the way I see it. So I think what made the difference for me was the joy in my heart was the joy in my heart plus the experience that God was still leading me through. You know, I didn't leave the school district, although I wanted to at the time I stayed, but God put me with some amazing people. He, he put me with in a, an office building with two other people that were very much farther in their walk of faith that loved me and that helped me heal. And so all of the people that he put me with during that time helped me heal. And I had this joy in my heart now that was helping me too. He also put me in the path of the people who I'd had an issue with. And that was, that was deliberate, you know, because I, to heal, I had to face that. And I had to, and I made a concerted effort to make sure that I spoke and that I was kind, even though it was hard. And sometimes it was not in my heart to be kind, (laughs) but I knew that that's what God wanted me to do. And so I did it you know, and that helped me heal. I also started praying for all of the people that I felt like I had had an issue with. I started praying for them and I had that in my prayer journal. So when I look back at my prayer journal in 2014, that those were the people I was praying for. And I was praying for that healing in my heart too. And then God led us to Cumberland, the first Cumberland in Lubbock. And that was huge for us too, because that sweet church family, um, which we love every one of them, accepted us and brought us into the fold and made my healing so much, so much better. How did you find the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Lubbock? Well, you know, we, about August, I guess, after this happened, and, and the other thing too that I'm grateful for is that Joe and I both came back to our walk of faith at the same time. And, and that I think is a real blessing when you and your spouse are walking that walk together. I think that's a huge blessing. We were ready for a church. And we, I looked online, um, I'd been raised Presbyterian and I thought, well, let me just kind of see, you know, if maybe there's uh, something there that God wants us to do. <clears throat> and I found the First Cumberland website, uh, webpage, and it was, it was really good. And I, I thought maybe we should visit. It's not far from our house. You know, it's a close um, drive for us. So we did, we visited in August and, um, left thinking, well, we really like this church. You know, everybody's, they're nice and, and we like it, but we'll look around some more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to make a decision yet. Well, the next Sunday came around and we both said, why are we going to go look if we really like this church? 
So we went back. And then we realized after a couple more times, we thought this is probably where God wants us. This is where we think God is leading us. And as I look back on that now, I know that's where God led us. You know, if you if you let God do that, then he will take you to the right place. And so that's how we ended up there. You got sucked in by the Cumberland Presbyterian <laughs> Church. <and> we did. <laughs> fast forward just a little bit. You're in leadership. You're an elder. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to go back to your faith in Jesus Christ. And how is that faith, if you could describe it, given you purpose today? Well, absolutely. That has given me purpose. You know, I lost my purpose, what I thought my purpose was when I didn't have my educational uh, purpose to lean on anymore. And so I felt pretty lost for that summer. I thought, what am I going to do? You know, this has been my life. This has been everything that I've worked for. And now it's not there anymore. God gave us that church and it's not just the church, but he gave us that as a vehicle to use my gifts. So I think um, being placed at First Cumberland gave us an opportunity to use those gifts. And that gave me a purpose. And so the purpose that I had at that time was to be super involved in the church. And that's what we did. Joe and I joined First Cumberland with the intention to do everything that God asked us to do as far as service. Mm. We wanted to be involved. We joined with the intention of really being involved in everything that happened in the church. And we did, and we still do, you know, that's very important to us. And so um, that gave me a purpose because my gifts were being used again. And the people in the church, the congregation uh, recognized those gifts and encouraged me to use them. So from a point standpoint of losing a lot of confidence uh, throughout that summer, I began to regain that confidence and to realize, you know, God still has a purpose for me. Although it's not what I thought it was going to be, it's a, it's a wonderful purpose. And he's going to use my gifts. He's just going to use them in a different way. And the congregation is benefiting. From oh, well, thank gifts. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just the sweetest group of people. I know every church is wonderful, um, but this is just a really special group of people. And mm. we're blessed to be part of that group. Well, I have a challenging question for you that I often ask others, where do you see God working in your life today? You know, uh, I think he continues to help me grow in my faith, which I think that's wonderful. And when, when you can do that and look at it that way, that, you know, God is going to continue to help me grow. I think he puts me in situations all the time that are challenging and and I, ha I have to look towards him. You know, I think, um, I'm not sure if this is answering your question, but a lot of experiences that I've had um, since, since I was reassigned and, and since my life has changed somewhat have been way out of my skill set. You know, things that, I, that, I, um, that he puts in front of me that I think there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. You know, I don't know why you put this in front of me because I can't do this. This is not what I've trained for. This is not what I know. I learned that if you ask, God will help you. If he puts it in your path, he did it on purpose. And he wants you to do it. 
And so you just have to say, okay, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I, I really, I, I don't have a clue about what you're wanting me to do. But if you put it there, I'm asking you to help me. And so I have seen over and over and over God's help. And I've accomplished things that I didn't think I could ever do. Um, some of the gifts that, you know, that I know I have and that I, that I think I'm fairly good at are and gifts in textile arts. You know, I love to work with my hands. Mm -hmm. I don't like game playing and that kind of thing as much because I want a project to come out of what I'm, whatever I'm doing. You know, I want to see something when I'm finished. So when this pandemic started back in March, I thought, oh, you know what? I have a skill set and I have a talent that I think may help. I can sew and I enjoy that. So one of my early projects uh, during the pandemic was mask making, you know, who would have thought that would be something, a ministry, right? Right. But we're all wearing a mask. <laughs> and so since March, I've probably made over 300 masks and I donated everyone. Um, some were to school, some, uh, many were to our church and to our members of our church, but I also donated quite a few to, uh, open door, which is a ministry for the homeless. So, um, those kinds of things, you know, that God has allowed me to use my talents, um, that, that gave me so much joy to be able to do that. And I had people along the way saying, you know, please let me pay you. But no, that I wanted to do this. It was a gift that God gave me and I wanted to be able to contribute in that way. So I'm grateful for those ministries that have come along the way. Cynthia, you were talking about God stretching you. And yeah. you being in places where it's like, oh, I don't know where and how. Mm -hmm. What message would you share with somebody? Because it takes trust is essentially what yeah. you're describing, trusting God. What would you share with somebody who's a bit reluctant and really kind of putting that trust into God when you're looking and feeling the unknown? That, that trust is huge. It really is. And I'm not, I'm a control person. And it's hard for me to say, God, you take this because I can't. But some of the projects that came to me were so hard for me, you know, like agonizing hard. Like, I can't believe you're asking me to do this. I know nothing about this. <laughs> and, and then you have to say, wait a minute, I have to trust that you're going to take me through it. And that's just not a work situation. That's a life situation. It's so hard. And, and look at the pandemic and all that we've had to deal with in the last few months. If you don't have trust in God, how do you make it through things? How, how do you how do you survive? Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you get to that point and it's a very hard thing for me to ask for help, very hard. You know, I, I don't like to ask for help. I like to just take it myself and do it. But I think when you realize that if you ask, he's there for you and he will help you. I think that that to me is huge just to say, God, I don't know how to do this. Please help me with it. Then you're going to see how he works. And that is amazing too. to say, oh, look, I, I had this coming up. I didn't know what to do. And look how he helped me with that. Look at the skills he gave me. Look at the help he gave me. Look at the person he put in my life that says, hey, I can help you with that. Or look at the, I don't know, you know, I'm a huge Google person. Let's all Google it and see, okay, look at, he, he showed me where to look or he showed me how to, how to do that. Those, you know, I look back at those experiences and I'm so grateful for that because that helped me trust him more. Am I where I need to be? No, 
I'm not, but I'm working. I'm working on it because it's all a process. You know, you don't come back to the Lord and then just say, good, I'm done. I'm where I need to be. It's a process. And you have to keep working through that process. And part of that is learning to trust. That's hard because it requires you and I to be honest and humble. And that's not easy. No, it's not. (laughs) Not every day, not all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Cynthia, if you had a magic wand and you could use it, what hopes, what ideas would you have for the church in the future? You know, I thought about that when you said that. I, I hope that the events of this past year cause a revival in the church. And I'm not talking just about Cumberland, but the church in general. Mm. Sometimes when you hit rock bottom, you know, and then you have to look up. And so, so I'm not saying that God causes things to happen to us because I don't think he does. I think he allows things because he can stop everything. You know, he could change everything, but he allows things for a purpose. And so I'm hoping that we, as the church, look at this as this is a great opportunity for us. It's time for an outrageous revival. You know, maybe there's been complacency. And I think in many ways there has been in the church. You know, it's easy to walk along and just kind of move along at the pace that you want to because you're not really challenged. But when you are challenged, Maybe you need to look at this like, let's pray some outrageous prayers now. Uh, You know, our our business as Christians is to bring others to the fold. It really is to bring others to Christ. We forget that sometimes. We get in our own group and we're all happy with our group. and, And we don't remember that this is really what God wants us to do. So maybe this is the time for us to say, let's do something outrageous. Let's have a huge revival in our church. Let's have <clears throat> let's have meaningful conversations about how to move forward. Let, let's use what's happened to us in a productive way. But let's rise up as a church. You know, we don't always do that. We we tend to look at world events and what's going on, which is is heartbreaking right now. It is. But there's a reason that God wants us as a church to rise up through this. And when when you have heartbreaking issues, then maybe that's what he's wanting us to do. So I'm praying some outrageous prayers right now. You know, show us what you have planned for us and help us see that through the devastation that's going on right now. Help us see what you want us to do because you still have a plan. Cynthia, that's great. And a challenge for for me and I think for, for everybody. Uh, you have to be careful what you pray for. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Because <laughs> you might you get... <laughs> But you but still need to pray it. Yeah, yeah. And and I asked you, hey, what 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 are your hopes for the church? Cynthia, I it's been a privilege to get to know you over the past handful of years, and I really am glad that you're able to share your faith journey with others because you've been an inspiration to me. And I first met you at Lubbock, and there's wonderful people there at the congregation. And you have a journey that is worth telling, and, and I appreciate that. How can we continue to follow you on your faith journey? Well, you can always reach out, uh, look at our church website, because every member of our church is all over our church website. So um, that's at www.cpclubbock.com. Um, <clears throat> you can also look at our Facebook page. We have a really strong Facebook page. We're um, 
fortunate to have, you know, a relatively new pastor. He's been with us two years now, but uh, the youth that he and that Pastor Nate and Anna bring um, has helped us, uh, you know, upgrade our Facebook page and our social media, which is so important right now. So um, when you asked me earlier, and I wanted to mention this too before we finish today about um, people who have been instrumental, you know, in my yeah, faith yeah. journey, I really want to say that um, besides everybody in the church, you know, Pastor Sam, who if anybody doesn't know who Pastor Sam is, and I'm sure there's not very many who don't, but at 101 years old, he's an extremely important mentor. And of course, you know, Pastor Nate, um, we're so fortunate to have Pastor Nate. And um, so, but you can, you can re- reach us or you can look at what's going on with us through Facebook or through our church webpage. All right. So, and that's Reverend Sam Estes and Reverend Nate Matthews, who was a previous guest on Cumberland Road. Yes. Yes. We're just, we're fortunate to have those spiritual mentors. Cynthia, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cumberland Road. Grab a friend and join us on our next journey. Thank you.